Welcome to Quartet for Two, a light-hearted classical music podcast pitting composers from across the ages against each other for no other reason than talking about music in a silly and opinionated way. I'm Arthur Keegan. And I'm David Fay. We've got a deck of cards, each card is a different composer, and we'll draw them against each other, deciding on any basis we like who goes through to the next round and ultimately wins the game. We're indebted to Margit van der Zwan, whose card game Quartet inspired this idea. Okay, so you're shuffling. I'm going to briefly say the new format, Tinkerings. So we've got 12 cards from each pack, the original pack and the extension pack, and we've added in two wild cards for this week. Yeah, Arthur has been doing some absolutely sterling extension pack work, um, <laughs> but we're, we're not going to go on and on and on any more than... Well, actually, we're, we're trying to cut it down. We already have. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got 24 cards this time. It's a shorter game. 26 cards. Well, 26 cards, 24 composers. So we've got two wild cards. Two wild cards, which we will, uh, when we come across them, we will explain them. I'm looking but forward to that. Let's just say they're very, very silly. <laughs> Righty ho then. Right then. Um, good game. Good game, yeah. Have a good game. Um, who's going first? Well, it's home advantage. Home advantage, yeah. Berlioz. Excellent stuff. Oh, this is exciting. Yeah, it's good. Versus. Ooh, big boy, Igor Stravinsky. Igor Stravinsky. I think Stravinsky yeah. cleans the floor with Hector. Well, we yeah, we've talked about Hector before. We've talked about Stravinsky before. Um, I love Stravinsky. I don't particularly like Berlioz. No, exactly. As as revealed in the last episode, I'm not I'm not the hugest fan. Uh, some beautiful music, a very important figure in the history of music, but he's not going to beat Igor Stravinsky. Good news for me. Those. Yeah. So. Ethel Smythe, regular player to the regular game. She's player, been in every round so far, and she, she gets keeps getting stronger and stronger as well. She does. But is she strong enough to beat? It's Gerald Finzi. One of the new categories in the uh, in the extension pack. Is oh, this is exciting! Dave's faves. So He's got a great picture. His pipe is a big part of it. Basically, anyone who knows about my uh, musical penchants will know <laughs> that Gerald Finzi has a very, very. He's very, very close to my heart. I've studied a lot of his music. Uh, he's probably the composer whose uh, life I know the most about. I love his music. I've, I've loved his music since I first heard it um, as a teenager in South Warminster or Southerminster, um, hearing the cathedral choir singing Lo, the full final sacrifice. Well, you oh. had some of it at your wedding. Yeah, we had we had some fins here at my wedding. It was uh, gorgeous. Beautifully conducted by Arthur, Arthur here. So... Finzi is up against Ethel Smythe. Now, we have had a lot of Ethel Smythe chat. This is a... We've surely run out of anecdotes from Ethel Smythe. <laughs> from, from the tree tying up to the toothbrush conducting the, through the prison bars. Yeah, record... The, the wreckers getting yeah, pushed, off. Off, pushed off to Poland or whatever. I mean, it, it has to be Finzi anyway. I'm working on Finzi at the minute, loads. Um, yeah, with your Hardy songs. It's... I've got more and more, you know, 
with Smythe's music, I'm get I'm listening to more and more of it. I listen to her string quartet over the oh, over okay. the last thing. I've just listened to a movement of her string quintet, which I really really loved. Um, and putting it in that in that uh, mixtape that I oh, was great. playing you last night, yeah. Um, oh uh, God, I thought I was the one doing the homework. You were keeping up no, with it. It's no, so frustrating. No, yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was good for me. I mean, he is in the Dave's phase category, yeah. and uh, Finzi, I think, um, for pure kind of um, purely sentimental reasons, for his first go out of the out of the pack, <laughs> that, I feel well. like. He, he needs to go through. And Smythe's had a great run for a couple of yeah, previous weeks. I yeah, want to see yeah, how Finzi yeah. does in future yeah. rounds. In another round, that could easily go the other way. This is the yeah. first time I've said that this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it won't be the last. Finzi's going to always yeah, punch a bit love, of his way with Finzi. <laughs> with us. Okay, it. we've got another uh, extension pack category, The Performers, C.P.E. Bach. <laughs> What's going to be the music we choose oh, for that? Oh, great. Oh, really good. You're in a, a hot haze of CPE at the moment. CPE, I'll tell you about it when we've drawn this card out, because um, he's up against... Steve Fresh. Well, maybe I don't Amazing. need to tell you about it. Um, two more extension packs. And um, CPE Bach. What was it, Hannah? Hannah French was telling me about about him. No other composer in the history of music has been so burdened by being labelled as someone who bridges the gap mm. between one type of music and another. It, that label basically um, doesn't give any credit to his absolutely extraordinary, magnificent, on its own terms, utterly brilliant music mm. and... Um, uh, yeah, he really has suffered but from um, being the guy who was either son of Bach, father of classical music. Um, and so, you know, I'm big into um, celebrating his music on its own terms yeah. and for its own genius. So I only would have understood that in the last couple of years from hearing more of his music mm-hmm. and understand, like, you know, just listening to it. It's, yeah. it's, it's brilliant. There's also the anecdote that we have to bring up every time C.P. Bach comes up, which is that Mozart said, we have all looked to the father, Bach, mm. and he's not talking about J.S. Bach, as in a contemporary yeah. way we, we would assume. He's talking about C.P. Bach. Yeah, he is the father, we are the children. That's, That's what it. I was referencing when I said the father of classical music. But, um, yeah, no, for me, C.P.E., I'm, I'm in a bit of a C.P.E. spurge, so he's definitely beating Steve Reich. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I think so. There's, there's times Steve Reich will do well, um, but I think um, that isn't it. Oh, talking like son, like father. J.S. Bach. <laughs> and it's Vorjak. It's oh, the second time Vorjak's been done by. Poor old Vorjak. Poor old Vorjak. Can't get a break. Some more of his music. Thought it was absolutely brilliant. Put it on the radio tonight, actually. Oh, what is it? That string serenade. Ah, oh, oh, yes. It's, such, it's so beautiful. But J.S. Bach. Bong. Do you hear that, Antonin? <laughs> that is the bell tolling your exit um, from the game. Vorjak done twice by J.S. That it's, is harsh. It's classic. We have got another minimalist. We've got Philip Glass. Philip Glass. 
It's the... Okay, <laughs> so Samuel Scheidt, the composer from the 16th century? No, 17th century. 17th century. German, influenced by Venetian music, uh, Baroque composer, Samuel Scheidt. <laughs> and now he's a wild card, and this is, a, this is the silliest of all the cards, because he, the effect that Samuel Scheidt has on any composer that he faces up against is to immediately defecate all over <laughs> and... Remove them from the game. Remove them from the game. So Samuel Scheidt has spoken. Reich is out of there. One, Not Reich. One glass. before. Oh, yeah, he'd have got bar. Yeah. Oh, so, man. Yeah, so um, a kamikaze card, really, Samuel yeah. Scheidt. He takes out Philip Glass. <laughs> and uh, he himself is removed from the game. With the well, I'm looking forward to hearing my first, when I listen to the edit of this, my first notes of Samuel Scheidt. Never heard a note before. I'll hear the extract you pick. Great. <laughs> Can't wait. You hear the uh, effect as well. It's you. <laughs> Dmitry Shostakovich. Sibelius, oh, two of our favourites. He's a, like, well, it's like welterweight versus he would be in the heavyweight category, <laughs> wouldn't he? But, um, yeah, I think it's Shostakovich. Shostakovich wins, yeah. yeah. Um, I've been thinking more about uh, the kind of lack of diversity of rep that Sibelius gives me. Mm, um, yeah. And it does push him out a little bit in this game. I know, yeah, I see what you mean. But definitely against someone like Shostakovich. Yeah, I need to listen to his songs again, though, the Spadio songs. I haven't listened to them for ages. Yeah, I remember them you, being beautiful. You see, the idea that I would listen to Shostakovich's songs is like, <sighs> I, 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 I'm not interested in that mm. aspect of his composition at all. And maybe that's... Uh, and I might be misremembering them. I think they're really austere and kind of um, difficult and, and esoteric. Mm. I don't know that. I haven't heard them for I, ages. I don't know whether it would be austere. I think there's a... For me, it's... it's and this, again, this is preconceptions, mm. but there's a bit of a... Um, I feel that it might be a bit much. Uh, mm. You know, the, the, there's a bit kind of... Um, there might be... More kind of overwhelming. I'm not sure. My, my... Do, are, the, are the Sibelius songs in Finnish? Uh, some in Swedish. Right, I okay. Think. But in, in Nordic languages? Uh, yeah, he might have written some in German as well. Right. But I um, think Swedish is Swedish and Finnish. Because I, I just can't remember the song rep no. of either of these guys. Uh, imagining the song rep in, in Russian just always makes it sound more austere to me. Yeah, I, I'm getting the same preconceived mm. idea. But... It's le- it's less austerity than kind of over mm. overkill. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, at some point, when you talk about Shostakovich goes through. Yeah, Shostakovich goes through. At some point, when you saw that Sylvestrov silent song that I saw oh, last wow, year, yeah. it was amazing. Yeah, anyway, really <gasps> it's a wild card. Contrabassi, follow me. A contenante. Short note, short note. Another wildcard. Toscanini. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I've drawn Toscanini. That shall, I... I, shall I explain what I think it means? Yeah. So Arturo Toscanini was a very, um, well, as you would have heard from the, the, the clip, 
quite an authoritarian conductor figure and we're using him as i think i think it's kind of the conductor as a dictatorial uh, figure within within music interpretation so whoever draws the toscanini card has the ability to dictate what aspect mm-hmm. the face off will be judged on and i think the point of it is that it's going to be pretty specific pretty niche and it might not always be that entirely serious yeah, exactly. It can be. Yeah. It can be musical. It can be uh, personality based. It can be, you know, whatever. But pressure's on you, man. You've got to come up with something. Uh... Yeah. Okay. So I can't see any cards, and we've mentioned how much I like the pictures. So just for this first one, I'm going to go with whose picture's better. That's Great going to be the criteria. For an audio production. <laughs> <laughs> we can describe the pictures very nicely. Okay. So pictures. Yes. Giacomo Puccini. I pulled out Puccini. (laughs) It's exactly the one I wanted to see. Great, 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 great. Okay, so these are two particularly flouncy pictures. Puccini has got a cigarette holder with a cigarette on, a big cravat, a kind of Panama hat, big lush moustache, beautiful thick eyebrows, a very kind of pouty, pointed face. And Fanny Mendelssohn? Well, Fanny Mendelssohn has got this extraordinary kind of headdress on um, that, that looks like she's wearing quite a lot of grapevines on her head. It's really... Uh, I mean, it really is impressive, and uh, it's probably the best picture in the original Margit van der Swan's uh, um, representations. I love it. She's looking kind of wistfully back in a very romantic kind of way, which is her category, and personally, those... Um, Diana-esque, not princess, uh, you know, goddess of hunting kind of um, classical vibe um, is is definitely seeing her through, given the the Arturo Toscanini dictatorial interpretation card. (laughs) I love that we haven't spoken about their music at all, that's the whole point. But, I mean, one of the things that's quite funny about uh, Mendelssohn's picture here is if you ignore the 19th century context, it looks like a sort of hair model with a big pouty turn to the <laughs> uh, It's absolutely brilliant. These are two of the more beautiful <laughs> characterizations, But, yeah, I think it's right. Fanny Mendelssohn yeah. is Fanny Mendelssohn better goes through. than Puccini. My <laughs> <laughs> uh, down. Oh, Pierre Boulez. Pierre Boulez. Probably one of the cards we hate most. Versus one of Keegan's Keenons, John Dowland. Oh my goodness, this is the new category as well. We've never seen this one. John Dowland versus Pierre Boulez. Well, there's absolutely zero discussion. I'm glad. Dowland, uh, I think, is a very important composer. The whole history of song. Uh, and string accompanied song stretching back to the Renaissance is so much a big part of him, um, and, and it's a big part of you as well, I guess. In your yeah. in the way it has, you're working a lot with that, you know, that pure and uh, most intimate collaboration of of singer and plucked string mm. player. It's one of the first things that I saw Lottie Betstein, the the person I collaborate with most, um, do was Dowland songs with with guitar mm. and. 
there's something about that intimate stunning. performance Absolutely and stunning. sort of clarity of musical idea that's oh, just she's beautiful. She's so good at it as well. Like, um, uh, yeah. And then Boulez writes some quite hard music and is quite an arrogant, difficult <laughs> character in the 20th century to to get behind. Boulez is going to be tough for us to to kind of get get through to the next round because we don't we're not really into it that kind of music and he's a bloody good conductor yeah yeah um so that goes in his favor um but not when you're faced with the might of um the might of melancholia (laughs) yeah that's one thing if we were oh no they're both kind of dreary (laughs) (laughs) anyway let's do the next one great With an on in the cow first category. So this is really frustrating because I've got I've got a list of homework that I'm trying to get through some listening. And on this list is Doreen Carwithin. Doreen Carwithin. Hands up. She's very interesting. Um, she uh, so she's in the cow pats. So the new category of four cards, the cow pats category on the brown cards, as you'd expect, (laughs) and they are Edward Elgar. Ray Fawn Williams, Doreen Carwithan and Gustav Holst. Um, and Doreen Carwithan was a, an extremely talented composer. Um, I, I spoke to Leah Broad about her quite a bit when we were doing these Time Traveller features, and Leah Broad has now got um, her book, Quartet, is Quartet's about one, is one, one quarter about Doreen Carwithan. Um she was a very, um, a really, really talented musician who basically, unfortunately, kind of fell in love with a more established composer called William Alwyn. And he was already married and it was all quite... Um, she basically like gave up her career to support his once he'd divorced his wife or something. There's, ex- there's explicit quotes of, around it, I yeah, think, isn't yeah, there, that, yeah. that she was talking about in order to be the wife that she wants to be she ought not compose yeah I mean, I, that's a paraphrase well, but. That, yeah that i mean uh, unfortunately that that pretty much comes up in like discussions of many many female mm. composers um for example clara schumann said mm. exactly that um the reason i i suggested you put her in the cowpats category is because she's written some beautiful beautiful music about um so there's the suffolk suite mm-hmm. which has um movements related to places in Suffolk like oh, great. the Orford Ness is, is in there and um, it, it's really beautiful evocative, she wrote a lot of film music as well and um, uh, yeah basically uh, really really beautiful to listen to music but not, not loads of it but we're getting more recordings now as well it has been recorded well, I'll definitely get on the really Suffolk Suite. That'd be an interesting thing, you know, in context of all of these cowpark composers covering so much ground in the countryside in the south of England, in particular. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah which is, is actually related just... to a lot of yeah. <laughs> what I'm doing at the minute. Um, okay, we haven't drawn against her yet, but Doreen Carwithan plays. <laughs> Monteverdi, first showing on the pod. Claudio Monteverdi, yeah. So he's extremely, extremely strong, and I think I he think, is a big boy. I think he is the definition of a big boy, <laughs> and you know, kind of basically what he did in any number of forms is uh, kind of revolutionary. So he's a sort with of all due respect to Doreen Carwithan. He's a big threat, Monteverdi, because yeah. not only is he historically hugely important with an enormous 
body of work. Yes, there you go. catchphrase. Yeah. And also, we love the sound of his music. Yeah, yeah. He's got a great picture. I don't. <laughs> he does well in this game. Is the point? He is. He is a supremely, supremely strong card. Mm. Uh, you'll go. My go. William Bird versus <laughs> Niccolo Paganini. Um, okay. So Paganini, well, oh. yeah, <laughs> yeah boring. That was a um, yeah, uh, a very important figure in the history of nineteenth-century music, but. His music isn't going to stand up to William Bird's. No, I don't think it is. Um, Bird wasn't as good a virtuoso as him, who composed music that we both like far more, and yeah. it's actually far better than And if that, it's, it's sort of... I often come back to that thing of, if you take Paganini out of his time, I don't feel like there's a massive hole in the way that someone like Bird or you know, other composers would have. Well, yeah, except that his kind of cultural importance as the, a kind of a phenomenon of 19th century... But that's not on the basis of being a composer so much. No, no, no but we're not... We, no, know, that's We true. don't necessarily... You know, we take all these things in. So mm. his influence probably is, when you think about outside of the world of music, mm. Paganini is possibly more influential than, than Bird. Yeah. But yeah. we're... Well, we're if, we, if we talk about him as a rock star... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like him, exactly. And, him and List would have a good fight off about being the best yeah, rock stars. Yeah, 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 exactly. So it's, it, he's very much a, a kind of a precursor in the kind of that 19th century, uh, the rise of the um, the fame thing. Yeah, I mean, C.P. Bach, you could argue, had a huge amount of... There's loads of stories of him performing... Um, and doing loads of kind of tested improvisations. There was one time he improvised for four hours in the dark for a particular prince, something like that. <laughs> um, and it was, it, everyone found it irritating in the end, but he proved that he was the best musician in the world. <laughs> uh, so there are they're kind of those stories, but to, in terms of that 19th century focus on individual, yeah, which we, we talked yeah, about this briefly yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the other week. But that's Paganini. We're not using that, you know, maybe if we had Toscanini back and we wanted <laughs> yeah, Paganini to go through, we would talk about that, but no. Bird goes through. Okay, uh, me. It's Edward Algar, another cowpat. It's Edward Algar. You think Nimrod? Uh, more than. Yeah. No, no. Oh no! I forgot about that piece. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Elgar plays. Oh. <laughs> um, or the star of the quintet, maybe. 
Anyway, um, oh, there's, there's a lot of options. Johannes Brahms, Johannes big Brahms, boy, big boy. I feel like I often uh, have to bring you along to his boy, big boyness. You... No, 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 no. Brahms is uh, Brahms beats Elgar because Elgar. Brahms yeah. is a titan. Brahms is a titan. So these there are some big boys out in this there, round there are in this some game. Huge ones out. We've got Benjamin Britten versus. Gustav Mahler. <laughs> I don't think we can uh, do what I've done before with Britain here. I think we're going to avoid a Britain and a Mahler conversation and say Mahler wins. Yeah. Why have you got one card left? Uh, and we must have. Oh, because this guy takes out one. Uh, mm. Oh, no, yeah, Shite takes out one. So we've got a dial by. Oh, yeah, great. Great. Uh, where's the coin? Where's the coin? <laughs> the coin. I've got a trolley coin. Oh, yeah, get your trolley coin out. So the buy is the one that's the shopping trolley, right? So we've got yeah. shopping trolley or nasut. Yeah, nasut. It's a bar. No, it's a. It's a die. It's a die. Oh, Great. Goodness. Right. I okay. can't believe I got the commute. Okay, so the card that is dying is. Julia Perry. Julia Perry. Oh, Julia. <laughs> oh man. Gosh, uh, one one composer who isn't white in this round. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, is not part of the game. That's that's quartet for two. That's quartet for two. Uh, unfortunately. So um, the shite wild card takes out two if it's in the oh, first yeah, round. Yeah, which yeah, Which is great. Brilliant. Or, or brilliant, potentially brilliant. a bite, but who knows. Brilliant, yeah. Okay, okay. so we've got Monteverdi. Rams, C.P. Bach, Bird, Igor Stravinsky, Gustav Dowland, Fanny Mendelssohn, Gerald Finzi, Dmitry Shostakovich, and J.S. Bach. Oh, big boys. I tell you what, there's a lot of really strong cards in here. No Beethoven, no Mozart. No, no Haydn, no Handel. Yeah. You can never find them. No Vivaldi. But, oh yeah, but we've got some uh, big yeah. cards there. Do you want a cup of tea? Right. Uh, we got time? No. We hope you're enjoying Quartet for Two, the podcast. Just a quick reminder that you can buy Margit van der Zwan's brilliant card game Quartet by clicking in the link in the episode description. Back to the game. Round two. Round two, here we go. It's Brahms. Brahms versus... Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, there's days that we could argue this, but... No, there's not. J.S. Bra- Brahms loses to Bach any day of the week. Especially on a Thursday. But that's already Titan taken on Titan. Monteverdi. Monteverdi. Oh, my goodness. Montevideo versus Finzi. Gerald. Yeah, Finzi's yeah. gone. Gerald kicks the bucket. Thanks there, Gerald. It's been a great privilege being with you. It's been nice having him through. Really, really treat. A real treat. Uh, your game? No, you go. Oh, my go. It's Shostakovich. Dimitri versus... William Bird. Yeah, Bird's... Birds out of here. Shostakovich wins. Oh, there's no, n- not much chat in this round. It's all no, it's like going quite, through. Quite, it's bang, bang, bang. Focused. Oh, now this is. <laughs> ooh, this is an interesting one. This How is, am I going to do so, this? So hang on. So, so hang on. Did you say who that I was? I didn't know. So it's Gustav Mahler versus. Come again. 
John Dowland. And it's Keegan's Keenons is where John Dowland lives. Keegan's Keenon. So your surname is Keegan. And so we thought, Keegan's Keenon, John Dowland. Yeah. That's the category. Now, I don't think I can make that much of an argument for Dowland against Marlon. No, you can't. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> uh, both of our specialist uh, composers, uh, Gerald Finzi and John Dowland, have lost out to... Dave's Faves and Keegan. I think Dave's Faves and Keegan's Keenons generally won't make it past the second round. <laughs> yeah, I think they'll always make the second round. I don't know, Nusson's in there for me. It might be hard to get him past three. I saw you put some on the playlist. <laughs> I did. You know, I'm never going to get you to listen to that piece. Uh, right. It's Fanny Mendelssohn. Fanny Mendelssohn versus Igor Stravinsky. Stravinsky takes it. Yeah, I think he does. Um, I would just, I would just say, when we've got uh, these composers who haven't historically been championed, because yeah, historically not... underrepresented. Yeah, exactly. That's the word. Um, because they're not um, white and male, we have to think about, we have to factor in some of the challenges that they were facing and what their music might have been like if they weren't facing those kind of representation, um, career, family challenges. Um, And that's probably where Fanny is an amazing composer within the romantic idiom. Yeah. And Stravinsky's doing more kind of breakaway stuff I within think, his idiom. I think I think even given that, um, you know, uh, I think Stravinsky's a strong enough card in terms of it being Igor Stravinsky that we can that we can put him through over Fanny Mendelssohn. Yeah, um, yeah. I I, th- I think that is the case. But you're right. It's easy to just kind of do the canonic weight as soon as you see the faces come up. Yeah, exactly, um, exactly. And just you know, make that happen without thought. And also, you know, we talk about uh, Fanny Mendelssohn's quartet and mm. then we don't know all that much of her other music, so there's quite a lot of song, there's some beautiful piano music, but one of the reasons why she doesn't have more repertoire, why she doesn't have a wider breadth of repertoire is because of her social standing mm. within 19th century bourgeois society and the... Um, the gender uh, issues around that. And I have a suspicion Stravinsky would be um, unmoved on any of these points. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, he <laughs> he he'll, he goes through in the next round. And we've got a, a bio Well, we've got a bio or die, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so... Um, so, uh, one card left. Is it bye or is it die? It is bye. bye. Who's so going through? Who goes through? C.P. Bach. Bach. We could have oh, a Bach that's exciting. Bach final. Oh, no, Luke, I'm your father. We haven't had... <laughs> <laughs> so we've got C.P. Bach, Mama, J.S. Bach, Stravinsky, Shostakovich and Monteverdi. Gosh, this is... Yeah, this is pacey. It's been it good. is. A um, snappy app. Right, so three Tracy. cards in this round. OK, who is it? It's C.P.E. Bach. Everyone wants J.S. Bach. Everyone Shelley, wants it to be. Shadow Concerto, that's what I'm going to put in. Dmitry Shostakovich. Okay. <laughs> well, so, I feel like you're a champion for CPE Bach more than me, and I'm a champion of Shostakovich through thick, thin, medium, and tall. Yeah. So tell me why CPE Bach. Any way you slice your bread. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lengthwise. <laughs> um, so CPE Bach, why does he beat Shostakovich? Uh, well, I don't. I don't necessarily know that he does. Mm. Um, 
I think... I would need to listen to more of his music and know a bit more about him. But I think just to say that he was, like, the most important musical figure within a period of 20 years in the world, in the way that Shostakovich no. couldn't possibly be. C.P. Bach outshone J.S. Bach yeah. in, his, in his time. Yeah. And, it, and that is not just because no one knew... J.S. Bach's no, music. No, 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 no. It was also because, and and it was like kind of unfashionable. Yeah. It's also because he was absolutely amazing. He's mm. an absolutely extraordinary composer in his own right. What you said about the, I don't know much about his performance status. Uh, you know, his uh, he's in the performers category of the Extension Pack, um, but I don't know very much about him as a performer. Um, he, he was he was an extraordinary performer mm. and, and and took style of performance I mean especially the way that um, you know improv had always been a huge part of yeah. how people performed but he was just notorious for these unbelievable extemporised mm. um, improvisations that would go on for ages here's a question um, here's an interesting thought experiment mm. what would oops oh, sorry uh, door <laughs> hiatus <laughs> sorry okay you were saying didn't it? <laughs> sorry Battersea cats and dogs home just came and Knocked on the door and... Short shrift? Is that the best way to describe it? Uh, well, we have got to get this recorded before I go and pick up my son from school. <laughs> and this is very important, much more important than cats and, and dogs. poor little cats and dogs. I hate cats and dogs. Um, so, so, you were saying a thought uh, experiment between Shostakovich and C.P. No, no, Bach. no, not between Shostakovich, no. but just in terms of C.P. Bach. How, how important was he with respect to how important... J.S. Bach's music has become. In other words, is there a link between... Is is basically C.P. Bach a way that Bomb. Mendelssohn starts to... You know, that, that future generations go through him? I probably, probably not. I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it's a tricky one to and, say. And it's so hypothetical, it's hard to... Um, so without... without but, but what J- I'm, I, sorry, carry on. So are you saying without C.P. Bach, would J.S. Bach be as important? Be the winner of this game every time. It's an interesting question. I don't think it has that much bearing on C.P. Bach. Well, the, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is twist around the, the kind of thing that we always think of him as Bach's son. Yeah, well, yeah. And actually, you know, should we be thinking of J.S. Bach as his father? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to bring it a little bit more down to brass tacks and say... I know some music by C.P. Bach, uh, but like less than ten percent of the amount that I know of Shostakovich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have recently been thinking about putting C.P. Bach on more because of that period of music is dead interesting, and yeah, um, there's been a few things that have led me towards that recently. However, uh, it's I mean, this is where I'm just sitting on Shostakovich. Shostakovich, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shostakovich. Good effort history. with CPA, though. No, no, interesting. I, just, I think he's an interesting. He's a very interesting card to have. That's in. why he's in there. I think yeah, he is an yeah, interesting composer. Yeah. And we did, we did specifically listen to some mm. CPE Bach, and just I just thought it was so incredibly beautiful. It was Rachel Podger and Christian Bezadenhout, bless um, you, uh, performing um, sonatas. Tremendous recording, new recording out on the Channel Classics label. 
Excellent. Rachel Podger just won the BBC Music Magazine yes. Award, the Record of the Year, and the Instrumentalist, I think, for her amazing album, Tutta Sola, which means All Alone. I've seen some amazing um, pictures of her doing that recently. Edward is a big fan of her Bieber Sonata CD. Oh, great. Yeah, uh, right then, it's you. Is it me? I think it is. Gustav Mahler. Mahler. Hanging around like a bag smell. Not for long, because he's against... Claudio Monteverdi. Claudio Monteverdi has it. What's going to be his signature? Uh, oh, it probably is, isn't it? Even though it doesn't sound rubbish, great. But it is. Uh, <laughs> could you find the little bit of um, Orfeo's Arme? Oh, <laughs> it's not that <laughs> or exciting. Or like any, but any of his magicals. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, but, yeah, but no, it um, needs to be. Yeah. Right. Unless it's someone going. <laughs> that weird ornamentation that they do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's me. It's. Igor Stravinsky versus Okay, okay. So this got, is a curious uh, set. We've got a top three here um, now that we have to work through. So the three that have gone through are J.S. Bach, Dmitry Shostakovich, and Claudia Monteverdi. That's quite a fun top three. I'd be happy if my albums could only be that. Tricky. <laughs> tricky. Very tricky. Tricky, tricky, tricky to have a th- have three. I mean, it's Shostakovich is coming in third place, isn't he? I think so. I think um, you can't argue for Shostakovich over Monteverdi in... Just for the... Just Monteverdi is fu- so foundational in so many aspects of, of modern music. And then... As always, J.S. Spark wins. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think we just don't, we just don't interrogate. So, Claudio Monteverdi, if we really interrogated the matchup of Claudio Monteverdi versus J.S. Bach, if we really, really sat down and thought about it and talked about it, um, then we could come up with a case for Monteverdi taking it. However, I, we don't have time on this podcast because <laughs> we've got to we've got to we've got to finish this one off. So I'm for me I'm just going with the overriding Bach is the best composer who ever. And lived. I really like the idea that you know it'll be series ninety two episode seven before Jairus Bach loses. Yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> but I mean Monteverdi surprisingly in a way mm-hmm. we didn't think about it until we introduced him into this game because mm. um, he's one of the original extension packs. The first lot that we added in. That we've we've played with before. He he really surprised us as And it's such beautiful music. Oh, I and mean, that's always the thing with these guys that do tend to do well. Um you know, we, we probably over rely on talking about historical precedence and uh, innovation and mm. development. And all of that's there for Monteverdi. So he yeah. wins kind of technically. But yeah. then you go, Oh, and it sounds great. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. So, J.S. Bach. Though I would say, just just to say, I, w- I would say the probably most prolific maybe Monteverdi is in the Madrigals arena and Bach would be, let's just say, the Cantatas. And for me, if you put Monteverdi's Madrigals versus Bach Cantatas, I'm going to go for Bach Cantatas. Yeah. So I, I do feel like it's justified. I feel like Monteverdi, he is in with a shout against Bach one day, someday, but not today. Not today. 
Great. And poor old Shoskovic is just happy, sat in third. Yeah, very, yeah. very happy. He's very happy getting third. I think that's um, that's a delightful top three. So thank you very much for listening. This has been Quartet for Two. I'm David Fay. And I'm Martha Keegan. And we were joined by the podium of Johann Sebastian Bach, Claudio Monteverdi, and Dmitry Shostakovich. It's goodbye from them and goodbye from us. <laughs> Cheerio. That was great. Thanks very much for listening and making it through to the end of the podcast. Good effort. Do remember that you can buy Margit van der Zwan's brilliant card game quartet by clicking the link in the episode description. And also, if you're so inclined, please do like and subscribe this podcast.